What is up, beautiful people? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Auto Skin Detail. Give them a follow on Instagram, like a couple pictures, show them some love. Let's go. What is up, beautiful people of the world? My name is Exact Change, and I'm happy to be here today with my guest, hey. James Picotis. Hey, what's up, brother? Man, it's just so cool to do this. I think we've been talking about doing it, and now we're here doing it. Yeah, it's been, what, a couple months on the horizon. I think even a little longer than that, because we kind of just be. been BSing about, you know, yeah, life. and there was a little bit of uncertainty of where we were going to be, and now we're right here in this beautiful establishment, and yeah. Dude, we're all it's, well lit. It felt good gravitating here. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. both of us had some some things come up and had to had to <laughs> adapt. Mm-hmm. I guess what is the, the code word this year? Uh, pivot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I think we've done so well. Yeah, I think that it, it's crazy how it just kind of comes together when it's supposed to. Yeah, man. Right. Things just I'm, a, I'm a big believer in that. And uh, time. you know what's kind of crazy is how long have you been? How long have you been in this area? Let's see. Um, I mean, I was born and raised on the Calvo Indian Reservation, just mm-hmm. a couple hours away. But as far as Spokane, off and on, uh, you know, in and out of spurts my whole life. Like, I was born here in Spokane, mm-hmm. uh, came back, did a couple years of high school at Gonzaga Prep, my freshman and sophomore year. Oh, were? Yep. Nice. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I was uh, only one. There was They only had, what, two Native American scholarships, right? And I come from a single-parent household, so my mom grinded hard just to give me whatever I could in life, whether it was a new pair of sneakers or sometimes some top ramen just to eat. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, in that Native American scholarship, we were uh, like tuition paid for, all of that, right? And they only awarded it to two students, and I was one of those students. I had to write an essay in eighth grade, and uh, it was was meaningful because it was, I was going through some treacherous times back home. You know, I was being abused, and my dad was gone in prison. And uh, I didn't know how to cope, you know, and I was being bullied just from the effects of that trauma. Just I couldn't I couldn't cope and I didn't have a community or even people to really believe in me other than my family mm-hmm. I was getting in trouble in school. So the teachers was on my on my noggin the whole time. You yeah. know, I, th- I think like three quarters of the seventh and eighth grade year I spent in ISS. Right. Mm-hmm. Just acting out. Yeah. And then I got to come to prep, you know, for freshman and sophomore year. And it was like I had the ability and the opportunity to become who I wanted to be rather than what everybody knew me as, right? Mm-hmm. So I just came in and I just started being myself and trying hard mm-hmm. just because I wanted to be liked, you know? And all the problems went away, all the trauma, all that stuff. I mm-hmm. came back and I moved back home to, to graduate to the res. Mm-hmm. But when I went back home, I was a new person. Like I had gained something, you know, like wow. a sense of self that I couldn't even find in my own home. You know, so going back, it was it was nice to be able to travel out. And then once I started doing music after high school, mm-hmm. it came out. And I don't know if you guys heard of, heard of Arm One, but he's one of the OGs of Spokane rap. Of course, we've heard of Arm One. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, sir. He's a, he's 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 the dog for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's he's one of the OGs of Spokane hip hop. Like period. Like mm-hmm. man, 
him and I and my cousin Seth started a group when I was like 18 or 19. We were called Outspoken. Oh, we my God. put out God. two albums, right? I really? This. I remember this. <laughs> well, I, I remember yeah. this. Really? I was part of that group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. On one, like, he really he really put me up on cadence and rhythm and style and taught me. He's taught a, a lot. lot of cats how, yes. to, how to rap, bro. He really oh, has. And, like, taught me how to produce. Like, he's he, he made a lot of beats and mm -hmm. stuff, you know, growing So I've I've copped a couple beats, you know, as as I grew as an artist. And, like, he's always been just, like, one, in, one, one of those supporters that's always giving me jams along the way. But mm -hmm. he was part of that foundation of me finding myself in hip-hop. Nice, was nice. On, you know, all respect to, and that's great. to the OG, you know. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. much love to On One, man. He's a, he's a cool. great dude. For real. Man, um, <clears throat> because you're not... Uh, you're not going to be here for much longer, man. You're no, man. taking off, man. You're leaving yeah. on us. So I just got here, what, 2018. They had uh, Indigenous Peoples March, and I was asked to be a speaker out here. And I really like the vibe of just seeing so many natives downtown marching the streets, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'd never seen that in Spokane. Mm -hmm. I was, and, I, and I got to be a part of, like, giving a message that day as well, you yeah. know? As, um, at that time, all I wanted it to be was a public speaker. You know, I didn't. I hadn't won an award yet. I hadn't gone out and done these things that I've done over the past few years. As far as art's concerned, it was me, you know, getting into an accident, not not having a, a, a way of life that I knew, you know, when I had two hands and trying to find a new way. And it's like, yo, let me tell my story. Maybe that's something I can do to, to, to at least make a living for myself, just to be able to, to put food in my stomach and feel like a man like i can i can pay my own bills and stand mm -hmm. on my own too right and uh that was the start here you know and then worked at a at a youth treatment center here for a couple years at uh at, at um, healing lodge of the seven nations right here okay yeah i was helping with the youth there and then uh i don't know man booking started coming in and not really like i can say i'm a performing artist but i've only done like one performance in the last 17 years you know, and I've traveled all over the nation. You know, it's it's wild. Mm -hmm. uh, the paths of success we can find ourselves in, in the realm of performing arts. Mm -hmm. I can even do it without performing. That's you know? that's pretty. So, that's that's a very good way of putting that. <laughs> so it's wild. The thing you know? that like that I'm really interested in too is how you, you know, without that father figure, mm -hmm. how you know, you go from that struggle and that like. Um, substance abuse and shit like that right just being wild being crazy oh yeah to kind of like tightening up and and and, and just like mm -hmm. you know finding your purpose and mm -hmm. then just being disciplined or, or just completely leaving all those habits or, or whatever those things you know yeah. all that bad shit behind like what what age was how old are you actually is what i wanted to ask you 37 37 okay 37 now and uh, when was it that you kind of had this like click this change man i've i mean i it's been a it's been a series of changes Gradual. you know because i've tried yeah. before and 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 those those failures at that time like they were still honest tries in that moment you know mm -hmm. so but i and i'll go back to the father figure you know as uh i had father figures in my life my on my mom's side you know my grandma had 13 kids you know <laughs> so yeah. I had, I had hella uncles, That's and, dope. you know, my Uncle Dan took me out shoot my first deer, and so I had these figures that, that tried, 
You know, they did what they could from an uncle's standpoint. Yeah. You know, um, and then at 17, my mom married my stepdad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's been a serious father figure. And he, like, he was one of the, like, original OGs uh, way back in the day of the res. You know, they had, this, they had this group called Hole in the Wall Gang. And they would just go around and they would drink and they would fight. And really? <laughs> and it was just old school, you know. just This just is all in the res? All in the res. But they would go res to res, basketball tournaments, oh, horse okay. racing, <laughs> oh, bull shit. riding. Like, like a biker w- gang. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, shit. basically, like, yeah, man. Res to res. So they, was, they, they were hard, you know. <laughs> like, wow. And just, just drink whiskey and just race hell, you know. And, and, and he straightened his life up. He's got like 26 or 27 years sober now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember being back home just raising hell, you know. Mm-hmm. I was addicted to coke, addicted to crack, uh, just selling so that I could just keep using. Uh, drunk, blacked out over a thousand times, you know, mm-hmm. like just thousands of times blacked out, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, and he would always just like, he'd be like, you know, one, one of these days you're going to get it. You know, it's like, I can't wait for that day to come. I hope I get to see that day come. Yeah. But I'm not going to be here and ride your ass, you know. My mom would, <laughs> she'd be on my case, you know, mm-hmm. she'd be on my head. Um, rightfully so. But he was just always came from that real understandable viewpoint, right? Mm-hmm. So I always had that, like, some sort of figure, you know, whether it was uncle or the I think that's huge, man. Just the time. understandable point. Like you were Big saying, time. just understandable. Because when you're a kid, it's like, oh, you don't understand. Yeah. Uh, you don't, you know, when you have somebody that's just like willing to listen or willing to just even hear you, that's so, that's such a yeah, big thing. It was huge. And I think, I think the biggest part of all that was, uh, you would think that I would like learn these lessons, right? So at like 22 or 23, um, you know, I, I, I remember it was mother's day and, and it was just me and my mom, like growing up. Right. So we had this, and we didn't come from a lot of money. So we come from this tradition where she would go buy some food and I would cook her breakfast because single mom having to work. She yeah. managed like three apartment buildings just so we could have rent paid and stuff. Wow. So like I, I didn't always like she was always there, but she was always busy doing stuff. So I learned how to like whip up food and stuff at a young age. You mm-hmm. know, I, was, I, mm-hmm. I could do my thing and I could get myself ready and go to school, you know, and just make sure that. And give you know, mom was, a break. Yeah, give mom a break. And uh, and and so we had this tradition so that she would buy the food and I would cook for her every Mother's Day, you know, and that would be my thing. That's cool. And I remember being like maybe a half mile from the house, like right up in my homeboy's house. And I've been just using for like two or three days straight, you know, and here it is Mother's Day, it's six, seven in the morning. And I know I'm, I'm high, I'm drunk. You know, damn well, I ain't going to go see her. Right. So boom, I get on the phone and I'm like, yo, mom, happy Mother's Day. You know, and She's like, where, where, where are you? Are you coming to cook? You know, thank you. And I'm like, uh, no, mom, I'm not. I'm half a mile away. She's like, what? what do you mean? Like, where are you? What happened? What's going on? Where do I need to come get you? I'm like, no, like, I'm not going to let you see me like this, you know, because I'm high and I'm sorry that I'm not going to be there. You know, she instantly crying. Like, I don't even care. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care about that. Just come here. I just want you, this is my one day. You know what I'm saying? Like I put her through hell, you know? And, uh, and I hung up, you know, cried, cried for a couple days straight. And then, was at my lowest. I had no more drugs, no more alcohol, puking, mm-hmm. like just in a dope house, like no love mm-hmm. surrounding me whatsoever. And uh, called her up and was like, "Yo, I'm gonna go to treatment." You know. And this was that first like hard moment. You know, it was really a hard one to swallow, just for a single mom to give everything to me my whole life and me do some shit like that. You know, yeah. that was a low for me. 
Some people would say it's not, but that was like, you know, that's probably the most all-time low out of all these things that have happened in my life. That would probably, to me, be the most disrespectful thing I've ever done in life, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I go to treatment, and I think I'm going to save the world, and I'm going to be a chemical dependency counselor, <laughs> you know. First, I found my <laughs> found my confidence again, you know. I'm, yeah, yeah, I yeah. want the I want everybody to feel this. Mm-hmm. So I do going to an Oxford house, getting my life on track, and then I go back and DD for one of my friends, and boom, boom. After a while, I start drinking. Then move out of there, move in with him, and end up getting blacked out drunk one night, right? And I'm at this old, it's closed now. It used to be called the season ticket right across yeah, from, from the arena. Oh, Everybody, yeah, we, we, we know, know exactly what that Yeah, is. but right, right down the street from there was the Viking. Mm-hmm. So the Viking, they only serve beer though, right? So it's like we, it's Seahawks losing the playoffs. Is you know, Alexander and Hasselbeck, and, uh, you know, we're drinking all day. It's midnight comes, we go to the bar. By midnight, I'm done drinking beer. I'm like, I want to go get a, I want to go get like a, like a Washington Red Apple or something. I want some Crown. Beer before know? liquor. <laughs> Never yeah. been sick. <laughs> but but yeah, man, I go there and man, black out as soon as I get a drink, and I'm trying to fight the bouncer. I guess I don't remember. Uh, they kick me out, and and I live over here on Cento at that time. We're on the west side, and and, and I go by that set or to Taco Bell first, and I'm and I walk through the drive-through, and I'm banging on their window like, yo. Give me some food. And I'm going to college, so I got $1,000 on my debit card mm-hmm. in my pocket. You know, I'm like, yo, give me some food, man. I'm hungry. Yeah. They're like, you got to be in a car. This is a drive through Like, we're going to call the cops. And I'm like, yo, just raising hell. And I walk off, stumble off. And I make it to the 7-Eleven, like maybe three or four blocks from my house, right? And me and this guy were cool. The guy that owned it, like, hella cool. We'd talk all the time. I live right there, you know? And I buy like $37 and like 36 cents worth of food or something. I have the receipt still, right? Mm-hmm. And all sorts of just trashy food. Just I'm drunk, get a bunch of food. And I go back to the, to the, to the liquor cooler and I try to get some beer and it's locked. And I come back up front. I don't have any memory. I'm blacked out now. I only it's know what's on the security past camera. Past 2 o'clock, yeah. Past 2. It's like 2.30, 2.45. And you see me talking to him in security. You see him like just shake his head no and then you see me like turn my head like what like what do you mean no and i walked around the counter and i started to beat him up and i chased him out of his own store i broke his hot dog machine and you could see me out there like doing this stuff like yelling at him or something you know and he's under the street light and you, he's got his phone like and i go back in and i'm first trying to work the lottery machine and i'm sitting there just drunk not knowing and a customer comes in goes back get some chocolate milk puts it on the counter I look at it, I'm just out of it, put it back down, and I just, I go back to what I'm doing, you know, <laughs> and and that guy realizes it, and he, like, books it out of there, and then I come back out the second time, and I'm yelling at that guy again, and I come back in, and I remember coming out of blackout, and I'm at the cashier, and it's blank screen, and it says cash on the bottom right, and I hit that, and bam, the register opened, and I took everything in there. I turned around and took, like, 30 blunt wraps, like six packs of Marlboro Smooths, and two pieces of beef jerky. And I walked out. And the cops were there on that third time. And I came out of blackout again as they're putting me up against the cop car. And I'm like, what are you guys arresting me for? You know, and they're like, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. You know what you did. And I'm like, no, really, officer. Like, I'm coming out of blackout. What did I do? Like, what's up? 
and they're putting all this stuff on the hood and they're like, you robbed this place. You're going to jail. I'm like, why would I rob this place? Officer, I got a thousand dollars on my debit card in my pocket. I'm going to college right now. There's no way that I would ever do something like this. He was like, tell it to the judge, buddy. You're going to jail. I got three felonies that night. You know, you think there would be enough that I first degree theft, uh, uh, first degree malicious mischief and third degree assault. You think that would be enough, you know, like, okay, boom. But a law gets passed while I'm in. And I, they gave me first time felon, so I'm only getting four months, right? So mm -hmm. it's just slap on the wrist. Mm -hmm. but while I'm in there, funding gets cut. So I get out to turn myself into PO. And they're like, here you go, sign here, you're done. And I'm like, done for the day? Like, you want me to UA? Like, what's up? Mm -hmm. They're like, no, funding got cut. Everybody that was in jail, they don't have to do probation. Everybody that was out, they got their time cut in half. So you're done. And I took it as a slap on the wrist, still in an addictive mindset. Yep. And took myself to Montana with my homie selling dope and caught a conspiracy charge for cons conspiracy to distribute over 500 grams of cocaine and, and did 60 month sentence. Wow. Almost three years um, after RDAP program, um, eight months of good time and six months in a halfway house. Um, and ended up going to prison. And then so six how months after that, I got in a car accident drunk again mm -hmm. and lost the use of my right arm you know so it's like all these things that you would think for other people that would be enough mm -hmm. it still wasn't you know and even after that i went and used meth for the first time after like, the accident after the accident my still girl an left addictive me mindset yeah the girl my girl left so me how old time. were you when the when the accident happened i was like 30 to 33 32 or 33 it was 2015 mm. yeah and you, six months after i you got said out of your prison. girl had just left you and yeah girl just left me and then i found out from the doctors that uh because i was holding out for hope i was going to get my arm back mm -hmm. and uh they said no man you're not you're not going to get it back and uh i just said f it i know what i am good at mm -hmm. using and getting drunk and and hiding from my emotions so i'm just going to go back to that and give up mm-hmm mm -hmm. Thank God I was still on federal probation. You know, They were just going to let me off. I've been three years without any trouble. They're like, oh, we're going to let you off. Thank God I didn't. You know? mm -hmm. January 12th, they locked me up for that. Eight violations, bro. Eight violations. Really? <laughs> Not checking in. My dad having a rifle in the house. You know, we live out there in the in the woods, mm -hmm. man. We go hunting. Mm -hmm. like all these different things racked oh, up. Oh, you weren't eight allowed to be them. there around weapons and shit? Yeah, yeah so they had right. eight of them racked up. So you're up. saying, thank God they, they locked you up. Otherwise, you would have... It would have spiraled yeah. again. Oh yeah, it would have. I was I was in a very distraught. I didn't care about my life anymore, you know. So that was that day. I was locked up January twelfth, high and drunk. January thirteenth, I woke up. I've never done meth. I've never done coke. I've never done alcohol since. You know. So I've what was that day life. like? What was that? You was, wake up. You fucking. Was it just enough? Was it just like? Oh this? no, I didn't. I was. I, I went and got numbers from anybody I could that was still in the game. I was still going to throw my life away. I didn't care. I was like it I, you know it's my first violation i'm thinking state like oh seven to ten days or something they're like mm -hmm. nope you can get three and a half months buddy or they're trying to give me seven and i was still in the addictive mindset like yo send me to treatment like i'm i'm an addict and i thought i was getting one over on them yeah like no and they cut my time in half if i went to treatment so i was like yes beat him <laughs> you know yeah and then i finally get to treatment and i call my friends one of my friends been through my life through everything hey, you know, I'm going to be home in 28 days. Like, let's link up. And she's like, you know, I've invested everything into you, like all these different years. 
And the same story keeps happening. You keep getting these calls from jail or prison or treatment. Like, why? Why don't you worry about yourself and don't call me no more? And hung up, right? Bam. And I called my ex. And same call, same exact back-to-back calls. Work on yourself. Lose my number. Don't talk to me. And no one's ever threatened to walk out of my life, you know. Even all this shit that I put everybody through, mm-hmm. I never had that, you know. And I've never been faced with that. And uh, that hurt, man. That day I was just like kind of in the dumps and I woke up the next day like, nah, man. I don't want people to walk out on me. That my yeah. biggest fear is dying alone, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm going to do something and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make people proud of me. And I, don't, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm going to get clean first and foremost. And I'm going to straighten my life out. Mm-hmm. And I make it home to the res and they only got one meeting. And the woman there has got her and her son. They're the only ones keeping the meetings alive. It's once a week. And I'm like, finally, I want to work a program, and I don't got no community. Yeah. I don't have no support. Mm-hmm. We created it from the ground up there. You know? really? I went to my tribe and was like, hey, I'm trying to do something. And the, and the behavioral health program, shout out to Calvo Tribes for helping me with this. But they gave me a $46,000 budget to start a uh, drug and alcohol awareness conference. We did four days of speaking, concerts, Worked with uh, the town of Nespelum, Washington, to turn their town celebration into a, a drug and alcohol awareness theme. So they worked in partnership with us and did this whole community effort four days straight, you know. And that's how eventually, you know, Lou Era led me to TS, you know, and uh, and John Crown, and we started uh, Empower Our Future, and we did a full tour on our reservation, speaking to our kids. That's right. You know, that's it was right. Yes, performing me speaking. That, okay, I remember that. And that was 2017. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. that man, and that was huge. That was amazing. You know, I had man. no idea. You know, that's. I think that's when I first kind of jumped in, and I was just kind of seeing, just kind of catching a glimpse of what you guys were doing, man. And that it's was wild. That was so cool. You know, because I've got a natural. I don't. You know, I've throughout this whole process, I've always been searching, like, what's my purpose? You know, like, let me align with that. And instead of like, let me build a business model and then build around that, it's like, no, let me find my purpose and build a business model around that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that that TED talk about your why, you know, it's like, I really, I really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was that first show. And I've got a natural sense of like breaking down defense barriers. When you're in front of 300 youth and you're like, first words out of your mouth are, I was a little boy at three years old and I got sexually abused by two of my older cousins. You can hear a pin drop. Everybody shuts up. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to about my dad being in prison. And then I start going into these traumas that I've lived and they're, and they're seeing that this ain't a celebrity. This is just James from up the road that sells breakfast burritos, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make some money, you know, yeah. like this is just one of our own. Like This is real. This is somebody that we, you know, yeah. I can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's speaking this truth that, I mean, Native peoples, like, we have a very high percentage of sexual abuse, um, you know, that, that stems from intergenerational trauma, trauma that's been laced down to us for generations. Mm-hmm. It's been, you know, we're still trying to heal from. And uh, they start to see that, that I'm opening, I'm being truthful and transparent about what's gone on in my life, mm-hmm. you know. Do you think that's probably one of the big pillars of how to change that? is just transparency, telling yeah. your story. Because a lot of people, I feel like, don't talk about it. Well, it's stigmatized, you know. Yeah. So it's a part of breaking that stigmatism is going to start with, you know, 
Well, I'm sure uh, people themselves too, of, just just being able to 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 tell to say it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? To like, vocalize it. To, like, to admit it to, you know what I'm saying? I can only imagine, you know what I'm saying? What it would be like to, to just, to, to, to air out your deepest secrets. You know what I'm saying? Like that's intense, but I'm sure it's liberating too. In a it way. is. There's, you know, there's been moments where you see a light bulb click on in one of the U size or we did, you know, there were sometimes we did two and three shows back to back. Cause we do two at the school and then a community event at night. For the town, oh, okay. Their parents would come in, and there's been like my friends, like my my sisters, like pouring down tears, like just because it hit, it struck a nerve in them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just them, like oh wow, he's burying his heart. Let me cry for him. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm striking it, it, home connectivity here, yeah. you know. And like, and that's to me, that's liberal because not only am I am I trying to liberate myself. I'm helping you uncover a little bit that's helping you liberate yourself. And I, liberate I, I read anybody. that. I, I read that. This said on your website. I think this said, if you can just help one person, if you can just get one person that light bulb or that connectivity. <laughs> it sounds then, so cliche. You like in the public speaking world, it's like the one person, you know. But if you can but make man, one, one person gets it, if you changed one person's life, yes. Then you're living in your purpose. Man. I think that's that, how you said it, and I was that, that that resonated with me. Like, wow, that's the, that uh, that was the the caveat to that. Like, cliche is like, man, I hear it so much, but I feel it to my bones because I've been there, and it, it's been maybe only three people in the room because it's a small school, and we're only dealing with one class or something like that. Like, we're dealing with populations of only you know sometimes there's only 180 in the town. The whole town, you know, so there's some oh, communities yeah. that are underserved, you know, underrepresented. That I went back to, to my hometown, you know, in one of my home communities of Inchalim this last year, you know, that just got hit with a suicide and going back and just immersing ourselves with the youth, you know, me and my bro Tony from the collective, you know, we went back and performed and held talking circles with the community and, you know, just took part and just tried to be there, you know, it's so important because. They get to see us vocalize in that moment when they're just right in the rack. The whole community's racked with trauma at that mm-hmm. point. And it just, it starts, the dominoes fall. And now finally, they're starting to unleash just, some of those just, feelings. Like, especially know? kids, you know, they need somebody that's going to be real with them. Like, and somebody that can, that, can, that can speak to them, you know. And I think the music is a great way to connect with the youth. It's cool. It just makes the message cool. Yeah, especially. And it's fun. Especially when it was T.S. and Lou, you know, because they're very, they're professional and they like they have a style and flavor and like not only do they have great words and great messages in their music, um, but they also speak well, mm-hmm. you know. So they have this dual threat kind of thing. So it's like it was kind of we fumbled onto the model, just thinking like, okay, how do we want to structure this? Like we're as a team, mm-hmm. like who do we want to speak? And we lead with Maya Bear Cub because she's one of our youth that were from those communities. Mm-hmm. Like yo a powerful youth that wants to lead like let's do that yeah that's where the name came from empower our future let's let maya lead you know i was like <laughs> that's so cool and, and 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 then i would follow up and with that depth of just you know okay here's some real life for you mm-hmm. in your eyes how, how then, old's uh how old's maya uh she just graduated last year you know okay, so cool. she's you know 18 very cool and she was speaking with us at, at 16 or something cool and she had some courage i could see i could it see was, that it was wild impact. this is the, the here's the real story behind her is i go okay you want to be a public speaker like where we're going to go to all these communities you 
get a pick. Where, where do you want to go first? She goes, I want to go to my school. I go, why is that? She goes, well, a lot of the people um, that hurt me and bullied me and all of that growing up that really gave me, you know, some trauma and stuff that I had to work through, I don't want to tell them to their face that they did it, but I want to tell them all that I forgive them, right? And I was like, whoa. That's a, at 16, that's 16 bro, like not led any of that. And then she became Miss CCT for our tribe, and, you know, she's held herself really well these last couple of years. That's amazing. Man. It was just, that's a good, we that's learned. That's a good message. We learned in all of our sessions, man, we learn just as much. We don't come in at all with like, hey, we got something to teach you. We want to remind you that you're great. No, or tell you that you're great. We want to remind you of your greatness, mm -hmm. right? And we just want to come learn as much as we're going to teach. You know, it's this. Yeah, that's a huge uh, thing, too, is, is being, is not being, yeah, not being the person that's just, I'm just here to tell you stuff and teach you stuff. And I know it all already. And here we, you know, but that. Let's, you know, I'm, I'm willing to learn, too, and just being vulnerable smart. there. And it's, the kids are smart, bro. Smart, man. And smart and emotionally intelligent. And that's why when you give them the same shit over and over again, as far as, like, those cliches and stuff, yeah. they just tune out. They're just like, man. That music element really hits them. Yeah. Because you know, after I break them wide open, like, they come in and just fill their hearts with inspiration and saying, yo, you're a leader. You, you're worth being here. You deserve to be here. Like, oh, there's so something like, powerful about that, oh. like, inspiration brewing inside of you when you're either, A, seeing somebody doing something that you want to do mm -hmm. or you're like, I could do that, yes. you know, type of a thing. Yeah. And that feeling, you get that fire where it's just like, like, you want to go home and do it. Yeah. Like when I would watch like Michael Jordan yes. videos and shit, yes. I would like, as Yo. soon as it was done, I'd be outside, rain or fucking jumping, <laughs> jumping, lay up. Like, and, and now today's era, everybody's Kobe. Kobe. You know, it's like, yeah, right. inspired by you was You were like, like you would see them do it and you're like, I can do it. And then yeah. I would be out there for hours. Mm -hmm. Like I, all I got to do mm -hmm. is just shoot as many jump shots as Michael Jordan and I'll be Michael Jordan. Like, that's it, right? Like, I was just convinced. And that inspiration, and I still get that at, at 34 years old when I when I make music and the will to make music. That's the reason why I still move in that direction is yes. because it's calling. Yes, it is. It's like, man, like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, how many people just have a regular job, you know, plumbing or something? Mm -hmm. Shout out to the plumbers. No, I know you're working hard. But, you know, Facts. but you're kind of like, fuck, man. Like, you see that guy over there? It's maybe struggling in his life, right? But he's making music and he's happy, right? Mm -hmm. And and you're and you're maybe very successful, but then yeah. the happiness just yeah, yeah. you just can't get it. And you're just like, I'd give up everything to just be free like this man yeah. over here, just making music and you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And then it's the other way. Like when you're the when you're the single guy making music, you're like, Man, I'd kill to have a family. I'd kill to just be somewhere like, in the middle. Is just that's a sweet spot, right? I don't hey, man, that. that's a societal thing. You've been this is conditioning you're talking about. You know, we've been conditioned to believe and act in these ways. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's not always grass is greener on the other side. And once you really truly act in that, mm -hmm. start walking in your own power. Oh, that's not the case for everyone. This is this is conditioning, man. Mm -hmm. This is how we've been taught to be, mm -hmm. so that we can go out and become consumers mm -hmm. on a capitalistic society, bro. This is way never deeper. satisfied. It's fucking true that, bro. It's yeah, real. I'm saying, man. It's like I think <laughs> we it goes into that intergenerational trauma, you know. And like one of my biggest, biggest, biggest uh, probably inspirations is John Trudell. Oh, he was a, he was a warrior and an activist for our peoples, and that was 
that was one of his main teachings was about government systems all over the world. Um, is is that it's 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 mining the essence of our soul, our human energy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the illusion of power, mistaking authority for power, right? So money, guns, influence uh, are are being looked at now as power. Mm-hmm. Where he goes, no, like us and our energy, the ones that are walking in their purpose are really walking in power. Like you can sit here and walk or you can sit here and work an eight to 12, 12 hour day mm-hmm. for 30 years and get your, get your house loan and you know, for 30 year payout, right. Mm-hmm. For a longer reason for your jobs and your, and your, and your governments to make money off of your energy. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I started, okay, how do I disconnect from that matrix? And my mom and I just had this discussion d- during Christmas. She's, College, go build your retirement, you work your nine to five and you and you create security in your life mm-hmm. where that is a prison to me, you know? And we had that talk like she goes, Man, that the way you live your life is so scary to me. But you are free and look at like you flourish is <clears throat> I would never want you to live my life. Mm-hmm. I said I said the same for you, mom. Like you take pride and security and building up that security. Security is like, you know, it's like irons. Like, you know, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the next year, this time I'm going to be, you know, where, and, you know, I I just talking to somebody, I think who was doing photography or something. And it was, uh, it was Christopher Sean Gray. I I just talked to him. It was a while ago. I think it was just like like six months ago, probably. But he was like, you just don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's coming. You don't. Oh, and Moses. I was talking to Moses too, just recently. And he's just. You know, those guys are working. They don't have jobs. Like these guys are work. Their craft is their, that's their, that's that, that's how they pay their bills. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. I don't like, I don't know if someone doesn't, if someone cancels and this guy and things don't line up, fuck, I'm going to be fucked, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of like, oof, you know, that is scary for a lot of people. And you kind of got to decide which side of that you live on. I've played risky with my life, my whole existence right i didn't care about my actual existence right so these for me they don't feel like risks because i'm not gambling with my life anymore you know i'm i'm building purpose to it so just like taking a year fellowship in tulsa i have no context there so tell the people about what, what you're doing so yeah, there's there's lots. Um, just got back from the from the wonderful Cascades of Oregon on a three and a half week artist in residence program with TSA Solution. God, that's right. Yeah, um, that's yeah, right. yeah. Three and a half. I've been weeks. watching that. Three show. and a half weeks in this. Um, it's it's like it looks like a ski lodge. You know so tell what like, what is an artist in residence like? What so is that? An artist in residence is where you take up space in a certain location wherever that's going to be. And they're usually like grant funded or, or private arts organizations funded. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll go take up space in, in wherever that is. And, and, and you get to set or the company that is doing it sets the parameters on what's going to be done while you're there. Okay. Um, so we got introduced to even what these things were by another member of our collective from South Dakota named Bazil. Um, you'll see uh, along a lot of my social medias that, that I'm really interacting with his profile a lot. 
Um, he came into our lives in 2018. I was awarded artist and business leadership by a nonprofit called First Peoples Fund mm-hmm. out of Rapid City, South Dakota. He was given another grant. And then we they flew us down to Phoenix to all convene as the people that won that fellowship mm-hmm. just to connect with each other. We connected tough. He flew back up, got a grant another like a year down the road to do a residency program. And he called me up and was like, hey, man, I got this, you know, this grant to, to do this thing. Can I do it at your studio and stay at your house for five days? And we create a project and, 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 and you get paid to, 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 to consult, you know, on this thing. So I'll be producing. And uh, like, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> we'll pick it up. You know, I'm like, hey, hey TS, <laughs> man. Bank, yeah, right? I was like, hey, TS, like, is, would you be interested in something like this? And none of us knew what the heck a residence was. And he's like, yeah, sure. Hey, my nephew Noah, you know, is part of the collective. You want to make some beats and stuff? DJ Spicy Ketchup, Darby, bro. You like, you want to come together? Let's make this like our collective. This is what we're trying to build is a squad of people that can, that can produce, no matter what, produce stories, yeah. right? So we all come together, huddle around this this Bazil, and and in five days cut like twenty two songs, and he stretched Damn. it out Jesus to like twenty nine by the end of it, and stretched it over three albums, you know. So we gave this guy a real push, and and we got to produce, help produce, and we also got to help collab and and add to the artistry and add to the story of, of what he was bringing to the table. Soak up game, yeah, off of each other. So, you know? so the so okay, so the idea of the. Uh, the push is behind a specific artist who has the funding, who, who gets the... Is yeah, I mean, just for, for that particular grant, right? <clears throat> so me finding out about that, I started, okay, let me research artists in residence. Mm. And then my partner, Mora, was awarded uh, the same residency that we just went to a year ago. I so see. And we hadn't been together yet, but I was like, yo, like... Once you fly up here a couple days early, you can come kick it with your boy yeah. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll drive you down there, you yeah. know? So that was like the, our kickoff of like, yo, this is, <laughs> I want smart. you to be my girl, you know? Yeah. And so we go down there and I got to see this space and it's, it's like a, a high end ski lodge, but it's for arts, you know, wow. and I got ceramic studio, Dude, photography was, was studio, so beautiful. Like all this stuff. Yeah. All yeah, these I shots pictures. beautiful, right? Just beautiful. And, and. And, and just being there, and this is networking. Like if you guys want to get into performing arts, you want to get into entertainment, the, the, the staple that you're going to have to learn and get to know is networking, being in community with people and not being afraid to put yourself out there just by me being there. There's a contact there. Shout out smalls, homegirl, Meg ball. Um, she's an old friend from way back. And she goes, James, what are you doing here in Oregon? I go, Oh, I'm just, my partner's here in there. She goes, oh, man, we got a hefty youth program. I see what you've been doing with the youth. Here's my business card. Cool. Uh. I go look her up. She sends me the the newsletter so that make sure I can see what's going on with the art center. They're called Caldera Arts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Anybody that wants to that wants to link up and, and do an artist in residence program, go to Caldera Arts, C-A-L-D-E-R-A Arts. Go look them up. And, uh, and I got the newsletter, and as soon as I saw, oh, artist in residence opening up, bam, filled out the application. And, and, and I did and this was a year and a half ago, right? That we did this like mm-hmm. a year ago or something. We filled out this grant and these are the things, man, fill out for grants too. Just do. Everybody do, Just do grants, residencies, fellowships, those three words, look those up, Google them. And if you're of, of a certain nationality, look up your nationality. And then those three words too, and you'll singular down and do your research. And, uh, <clears throat> so me and my partner, like we do so many grants and fellowship applications, we'll do them and we'll, for, we'll forget about them. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back through like, oh shoot, man, just got, just got hit for 2,500 bucks for this. Oh, boom, let me create this for, 
five. Let me, so you, you know, so like, your girl, you guys do this together. Um, we've started like, she's the one teaching me. She does like, That's probably cool. she writes three to five grants a week. Wow. Right. So she's like done artists and residents up in Alaska. Like when COVID hit, man, she was supposed to be in Mexico city and Australia, bro. And wow. COVID hit. So, so this is, like, so this oh. is really, you know, you, you get to learn a lot too. Oh, just yeah. Just right there. Just to be, yeah, she's, she's, she's everything to me. She's, you know, That's amazing. She's, Helped me lose like thirty pounds. Like really like helped me in, in in my in my business practices, in my spirituality. Like with, you know, I finally found a real one. Damn, it's, it's cool. Is she? So uh, what, what's her nationality? Um, she's she's native. She's yeah. native. She's native and, and black. She's a mixed blood woman. Yeah. Very cool, dude. And, that, uh, that's I mean, just like women that can, you know, that really build you up. I feel yeah. like they, they you know, just partners, partners. Yeah. I mean, let's just say like oh, yeah. people that, that you keep the closest to you have to be people mm-hmm. that you respect and people that you, you know, someone that you're you're trading that knowledge, those yeah, gems, reciprocity, back and yeah, forth. Different perspective, dude. Perspective is. Everything. Yeah, because we're totally, there's a lot of things we're totally completely different. Mm-hmm. And it helps me gain that perspective, get out of myself. And when you're humble, a lot of times, break, yeah, that's so what I was just going to say, break down my ego, man. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a, I got a pretty strong male ego. So she helps me. I hey, think a lot of, a lot yourself. of dudes do. And, yeah. and you know, you, it takes maturity and age and kind of getting through life to, yeah, to humble yourself down. And to just take responsibility for, I mean, I'll take responsibility for anything that happens. It still takes me a while. It takes me a couple months still. <laughs> because I know. I just, <laughs> She's like, you know what I appreciate about you? You'll like dig your heels in, but later you'll come around. I'm like, well, if, if, if you're right, I will. You know, I'll think about yeah. it, you know? <laughs> because I, I do, like, if something bad happens, I think in some way that was my fault. Right? Like, and I, can, I can backtrack it. And take responsibility for it. Like if this happened, take responsibility for your part. Then you know I can I can backtrack and be like, well, you know, I wasn't strict with myself enough about the people that I was letting into my life, or the people that I was doing business with, or the people. You know, right? Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. always some timeline you can go back and say I fucked up, mm-hmm. and you don't got to beat yourself up over it. Yeah, but you can really yeah. learn. You know what's funny is you bring this up is um, this is exactly what I learned at Caldera, right? So. We went there for three and a half weeks. I'm thinking we're going to come out with a gang of work. Mm-hmm. But for the first nine days, like I had to heal, you know, like all of us. And, and this is for all of us. We all came with our own baggage. We all live in with different lives, got different circumstances. Wait, so how long what was it to, uh, in total? Three, three and a half weeks. So we was there all January, so January that? 8th That's to February 1st, wow. uh, 24. 23 I can I totally yeah, feel that when you said you had to heal like I mean you gotta you gotta get out of this, this so you had like, enough you gotta, time you gotta to get out of like your your, your everyday regular, yeah. yeah and like and yeah it was it was an experience and that's what my I that's what I wow. learned from Caldera is I you know I was doing some business here in town and got burnt a few times in a row right and and I just wanted to blame like I'm doing all this and that and this and, and not wanting to to own up that I could have communicated earlier. I could have set boundaries earlier, like something, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I was in this blaming mode. So as soon as we get there, I'm wanting to do that same mode. I want to blame myself. I want to blame these guys. Why aren't we collaborating more? Why aren't we creating work? Blame, blame, blame until, you know, I finally just dropped the pride and was like, Hey, TS, like Tony, uh, Noah, Moses, let's, let's have a team meeting. I just want to tell you guys what's going on in my heart. You know what I'm saying? It was like, here's what I've dealt with the last few months. And this is how I'm feeling now. And I just wanted to say that. 
so I could stop blaming you and me uh, for what's going on in my life. And I want to do better from this point on. Uh, Our collective is, you know, and and this something I learned there is I impose my vision a lot because I feel like I'm I'm a visionary. And I've got great ideas. I've got a great vision for my life. And I feel like I'm going to make a great impact. I'm destined for greatness. I truly believe that in, in not a cocky way whatsoever, but I'm intrinsically, I feel it, right? So sometimes I'm like, hey, I got this vision. Let's roll. And all the bros, they'll roll. They'll jump in the car because they're like, I, I love you. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to fail. I want you to succeed. So I'm going to jump in. But really, this ain't my vibe, you know? Yeah. And... I made that statement there, like, hey, I, I realized this, that I've done this, and I want to be more inclusive in the decision-making process and projects, and I want, like, us to lead in different parts of projects and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Let's operate differently from this point on. And instantly, bam, we made a project, and now we're doing this whole, like, handing it off. Like, here you go. Now it's out of my control. I'm going to let you do your best work. You get a say. It's crazy when you just put it all out and you just communicate, you know, you communicate and you're just saying, hey, this is how I'm feeling. We appreciated each other more, you know, and we still made great art. Like we still made some awesome art, amazing art. Um, Maybe not as much as we hoped we would, but what we gained from that is so much more precious than five more tracks. I mean, it's it's tough because how do you put like a quantity on art? Like when you're trying, like you if in three weeks you made two songs, that's yeah. what it, that's what it is. Yeah, it's like we right? were trying to quantify like this whole it's tough process because there put is these we, limits on ourselves. Well, we live in this capitalistic world. I feel like that is constantly putting these. They we need these. Per, if, well, if you're not More. performing, well, yeah. if you're not, yeah. this needs to be met. You know, Yo. you know, Yo. and to be an artist like that can't. You know what I mean? And you sell a piece for $50,000 that you painted and shit. And it's just, yeah. it's not, it's not even, it's just how the values that person wasn't worried about trying to sell a $50,000 piece. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. just was just in their time creating something timeless yeah, that, that people were just I like, like that. that's wild, dude, multiple times just talking to you. Now I've had goosebumps. Like, hey, you, you, I mean, you. the, the, the shit's so real that, um, I feel it. So I understand why, you. you know, especially the youth, you know, I feel like we're all just really emotional creatures, man. You know what I'm saying? And like a lot of times we, you know, we're just having fun and stuff like that to, to kind of get away from the emotion. Like we, we, we need to have like, f- like having fun is an emotion, but there's a lot of serious shit that's happened in all of our lives, you mm-hmm. know, and this happening every day, you know, that we struggle with. And for us to just kind of like, we try to, try to just like mask it a little bit, but how often are people really sitting down and, and just being like, yeah, usually we got to break through. We yeah. usually got to break through. That's why sometimes like, you got to be that person. Yeah. There's you a lot of the times the one. we're the ones opening up to lead that way. And that's another hats off to Caldera. They had us do two youth sessions. Well, three in total, but two of them where we got to teach our creative process. And we had three hours, you know, on one Saturday, three hours the next Saturday. So I did the first Saturday, TS did the second. And uh, we did maybe a half hour, 45 minutes of lesson. The rest was just in communication and, and conversation, like really just getting to know what are their passions, like, what you know, like and, and engaged in the conversation. And that's the first both of us said we're like, this is probably the most emotionally intelligent group we've ever worked with that we're able to just tap in identify, communicate, 
and like speak it into into existence you know it was like we learned we probably learned more in both of those sessions than they did from us you know and we went into mindfulness Whoa. and how we do that and when and you're a kid you just don't want to you just you you don't want to sound stupid that's it you don't want to feel stupid you don't want to feel like the question or the expression is gonna people are gonna be like really like that's what you think we're just like haunted with like thinking that people are always gonna think no matter what we say or do is gonna be fucking stupid and why did you even say that mm -hmm. and you're just like oh shit like I'm, like you know <laughs> yeah. like me especially dude i'm like chucky from rugrats my whole life you know what i'm saying like, i don't know if you've seen that that, that cartoon but for real oh, just yeah. like really like like should i like, okay. i don't i don't know because if yeah. i do people might just grill me like i never just had that confidence until I was older to just be like, listen, bro, this is like me not giving a fuck is a superpower mm -hmm. is a superpower. Me Good not time. chasing, uh, you know, these women or, or, or the, you know, that money or, or like whatever that thing is, is a superpower. Big time. It's a superpower because like when you're in your twenties, that's what you think. That's the only thing you think matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not it at all. It is the community. It is the image, networking, right? just being real, giving mm -hmm. yourself, uh, emotionally to your friends, telling your friends you love them, giving them hugs. You're like not being like, dude, like mm -hmm. we had all these stigmas when you're in high school, when you're in college, when you're coming up. Um, no homo. No, da, 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 yeah, da. Yeah, it's yeah. like, bro, I yeah. hug the shit out of my friends. I tell my friends I love them. Yeah. Like this is something that I've, I've graduated to yeah. in my age. Like just being real, man, because I don't know, especially when you're older and people have died, like you've lost people yeah, and, and, and you, you, just people die. Like people mm -hmm. like, you're like, holy shit, this person just died at 40, whether it was a celebrity and you've lost friends, you've lost family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, none of this matters. Like, let's just be real. Let's just, I want to know what's going on in your mind before mm -hmm. something happens. Like I want, mm -hmm. I want to be real with you. So, you know, you can be real with back with me and then we can, you know what I'm saying? If there's some, I, some I feel like the stakes or, are so much higher now though. You know, it's like I could be bullied at school but I could go home and we barely had internet, you know, we had like AOL chat and Yahoo chat. There's nobody you know, to tell. Like, there was no, I could go home and turn it off. You know, now uh, you're, you're plugged in everywhere. Which is like, like a good thing and a bad thing. Cause it's like the yeah. good, the good thing is that like there's more light on bullies and, and those types mm -hmm. of things. So it's broadly not accepted. Right. So, I mean, people are it's, like, bro, like we're, like we're finding in the communities that we're at, like they've got they've got full. <laughs> they got full like uh, uh, meme pages set up just to just to dog people out in the schools. They've got all these different secret hidden pages. They've got all these like it's you're you can saying, say it's saying, broadly it's broadly like no bully yeah. uh, tolerance and all that kind of stuff but the but the but the truth of the matter is like the the actual like uh following through of that like it's not it's not the same school to school cuz you got to you got to yeah. you got to understand we're putting teachers in modes that you got some teachers that are going to be very passive it's just human nature yeah no you're right you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. it's it all it's leadership down so you got some that are just toxic you know, it's just human nature. They're just you know going to enable so, and just. So you've got some leadership in schools that do a very good job and some just don't have the skills to be able to, to address these types of issues. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes, that's the message that's put out by all the world now. Like bullying is no, not, not, no longer tolerated. Like you would think that like the average 
school person saw somebody being bullied, they'd like pull their phone out and be like, this is fucked up. Like, I'm not going to see. It, it sounds like it's just happening. Like they figured out a way to just get what they want. Well, the like on a different. sneaky. Yeah. It's yeah. On, yeah it's on way, the internet. Yeah. I, it, I'm just so realizing, of course. Yeah. You can't get away from it. You know, it's yeah. like I can do one thing and then it spreads around in, in, in a Snapchat or a IG or a TikTok mm. or, 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 or even, you know, guys or girls sending out nudes or something like that. And that, you have is your reputation in high school like that it's not everything we realize that as adults and honestly in that world that's that is my whole world in my world all i have is my reputation at all not in high school right like even just now like everything i do matters every missed appointment every late every time i'm late every time like that all matters to me you know what i'm saying like it really does carry a much more significance Mm -hmm. in in your older and and when you're when you're in high school, you know, it's, it doesn't fucking matter. You just think it matters so much. Like yeah. we're just so consumed with what people think. And it's magnified because now. you can because unplug of- it, right? Like as people, like even as kids and it's nearly impossible when you're in that, in that young mindset. Right. But we, like we all have the physical ability to unplug from that matrix. Like what you were saying, like mm-hmm. when you can kind of be woke, really just wake up to like oh like this is a choice i don't even have to have an instagram i don't even have to be on facebook Mm -hmm. i could literally just live like it's 1952 and fucking i I can do that if i want to you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like in a way right maybe your job has an ipad or something like that but like as far as like your personal life you know you can unplug from it but there's so much good that comes with the plugging in you know you don't want to unplug for the bad and miss the good you also got to think of, look at the students now. Like, <clears throat> they had iPads and phones ever since they were little. And there are some true. that don't even remember a time without internet or Wi-Fi or any of these things. That's where we're getting and into. Then, and then you go in for some of, some of our uh, students that struggle and whatnot. They don't have uh, any parental uh, guidance at all at home mm-hmm. to tell them don't get on it. Or they're on it to... Uh, disconnect from the trauma that's happening in the home. You know, you got Create, yes. toxic households, and 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 that's their only lifeline. You because get to maybe be, mom and dad are yeah. arguing and fighting every night, or somebody's getting abused, or whatever the case. So it's like we're we're very unique. There's no there's there's not going to be any blanket fixes here, man. If we really want to see like help in mental health, you got to do like full inclusive family help. You got to really get involved. Because every family's dynamic is different. Mm-hmm. They all come from different traumas. They all come from different, you know, the way they were raised, whatever. Like, because those every kids really family is, is unique. Those kids, they soak it up, dude. They're Entire like everything, smart. everything. They watch everything. Yeah, you because know? it's all at their fingertips. They're just right there. I mean, just even their parents, seeing how their parents interact, mm-hmm. seeing how all all that, you know, how their parents eat, how their parents like what what their parents do, how their parents treat other people. Mm-hmm. You know how the parents are talking to the the salesman on the phone, like mm-hmm. just all that kinds of stuff. Well, before we become we an adult, about, it's like that is our identity. Yeah, like when my dad gets on the phone, he just tells that telemarketer to fuck off. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna be like, you know what I'm saying, or like you know, yes. like there's gonna be different. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're gonna have a different, per, you know, because I, dude, I I grew up in such a strict household. Right. Where it was like my mom, my stepdad, and it was just strict all the time. Nope. You can't listen to that. That's cussing. You can't stop. Yeah. No, you can't go there. That, that Their parents are bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then I'd see the 
uh, people that, yeah, the people that would just like their parents was, you know, when you were a kid, you thought that those were the cool parents. Yeah. yeah. They smoke weed at the house. They they can do whatever the fuck they want. They can just, mm-hmm. you know, they can just come and go whenever they want. There's no curfew. Mm-hmm. Have people over. And you thought that was the coolest shit. But, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't know that mom was on meth or that like, you know what I'm saying? There was like abuse like, or like shit yeah. going on. You don't know. You're just like, oh, yeah. it's the cool house. And it's like, yeah. no. It's mm-hmm. not like the structure, you know, when you're a kid, you see the structure is a bad thing. Yeah. Oh, these rules are going to come hold back. me down. I'm trying to hold me down. I'm trying to be a <laughs> trying to live. captain. Yeah. Trying to live. <laughs> and it's like in the, it's just weird how the dyma- dynamic changes when you're a grown and the things that were a prison to you when you're a kid or your sanctuary when you're an adult and the things that, you know, because you were just like all those things, all the, the rules and all the, all those things that your parents were trying to do to help you, even if they lied to you. Mm-hmm. No, I don't smoke weed. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it was, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, they were trying to protect you. Yeah. That's all they were trying to do. Do their best they could in the moment. Trying to do know? the best they could because, you know, they just don't want their kid to 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 grow up. Like, my biggest fear is disappointing my parents. Mm. Just, it just... Yeah, mine is know. breaking my mom's heart again. Man. You know what I'm Everyone saying? Do like that, that again. like that, exactly. You know? Like, just thinking of them being like, you know what I mean? And of course, your parents don't really think like that, right? They probably like, no, I'm proud of you, no matter what, man. Like, you're doing mm-hmm. good, right? And you're just like thinking, man, you know, am I? You a lot. Like, am I doing enough? Because you, you, I mean, my parents were like, the work ethic was different from like the the past generation. Right. Like like what you were saying about your mom, where it was the security in the building and she sacrificed. Maybe there was other things that she wanted oh, yeah. to do, but she oh, was yeah. like, that's not an option. Mm-hmm. I have to build this uh, yep. the stability for my kid, for me, for my family. Yeah. And then we have the privilege where we're at to say, well, you know, maybe I just want to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Just travel around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good, yeah. It really is. Like it's like maybe I'll, you know. I mean, he's really doing the voice in my head really good right now. You know what I'm saying? Like he sounds just like it. Travel around, yeah. Yeah. You know, back in the day, you'd get bit by a snake and just die. Like, or you would just like, you know, they would just you'd get something and they'd be like. But those of you that want to go out and 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 do art and travel around, like, just know there's so many resources out there. Like the ones I want to speak, like booking conferences, you know. What people don't know is in September, Arts Northwest is going to have a booking conference here in Spokane, mm-hmm. you know? So if these are ways you want to go on and you want to learn, like just pay the registration fee and learn about agents, learn about booking agents, learn about uh, performing art centers, learn about their managers, learn about the process, learn about other artists. I went to my first one and I didn't, I wasn't trying to get no booking. I was like... I don't even know if hip hop's accepted here. First of all, I just want to learn. Like, I just, I just, I don't even know what it's about. I you know, soak it up. Yeah. this guy was like, Hey, I'll pay you 50 bucks to come down and speak on a native panel about the lack of indigenous representation in the performing arts world. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I go, but let me counter, keep your 50 bucks. Just get me registration for the three or four days. And I want to come experience the conference. Mm-hmm. Like, boom, got you. So I went and it ended up me and Maya Wynn, a, a folk artist, you know, not hip hop, mm-hmm. But Maya Wynn, Heidi, and 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 they they invited me into their family, you know, her her manager Heidi Du Bois, and uh, and now we we collaborate with each other. So the first one I went to, 
is got now I got like people that look out for me. She gave me the email saying, "Hey, this Tulsa remote thing, like you, you this looks like this would be something up your alley. Might want to give it a shot, you know." So three years down the road, from when I met her at a booking conference, you know, shout out Heidi, you're sending me to Tulsa, you know. And that for was a the year. first. That was the first one you went to. First one I went to, and this, wow. you know, who knows? Like three years down the road, just. That's why I say networking, staying in contact, be genuine with your people. And I think and build relationships, like, man. This gotta, is long term. You have to invest in yourself. You can't wait for it to be free at all because you're going to have to pay the application fee. Yep. You're going to have to pay that beginning yep. price. Like yeah. you're, you're not, you can't wait for somebody to show up and say, Hey, I want to give it to you. Yeah. You got to pay. And you got, you know, you yeah. got to invest in yourself and you got to get there. Yeah. And then you might get that opportunity, but you got to put yourself out there. Like you, you were saying, to, yeah. and you sitting in your house, nobody's going to call you one day and just say, you want to just make, you know, even the days of like a, 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 A&R exec finding you in the club, like yeah. <laughs> the old days, like, Oh, he found me at this club performing and now I've got, you know, just this huge deal, this yeah. record deal, you know, like those doesn't, <laughs> That's, that doesn't happen anymore. Because it's the the music is there's just music everywhere. Yes. The the ability for somebody to record music in 1995 was so much different than the ability mm -hmm. for somebody to record music right now. Mm -hmm. Back then there was no, like it was a select amount of people could afford the equipment mm -hmm. or had yeah. it a place Couldn't or was able to door. get a foot yeah. in the door. And now yeah. anybody can just Amazon a mic to their house and just mm -hmm. put something on SoundCloud, Spotify, yeah. Apple Music. You can yep. start a podcast. Yeah. Come to Speak Studios. And, uh, I mean, you can do really anything that you want, you can do now. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of crazy because there's less excuses than ever Facts. right now. Because there's, there's nothing that you can't know. There's nothing that you can't here's, do. Here's a funny story. So there's a youth that we were working with. Um, now he's an adult. Um Shout out Hunter uh, from the Spokane Res. He would come to us, right? And how he started recording, he would get a beat off of YouTube, <clears throat> and then he would listen to it, write to it. And he had this, uh, this, this app that was able to transfer his Instagram one-minute video mm -hmm. into an audio file. But when he did it, it would turn off the sound capability for him to play the beat on the phone. So he would do the video, he would get the beat and try to memorize the BPM in his head, and then he would spit that minute-long verse through a video, through that app to an audio, put it onto the beat, and then do whatever kind of little time chopping he needed to do to get it on rhythm. Damn. But like I was saying, no excuses. That's he was still like, hey, man, give me a shot. Man, I'm trying to be a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, how can I not give you a chance? Like, you just broke down this... You couldn't even hear the beat to spit your verse like in a in a phone through an Instagram third party app. Like, of, of course, I'll give you a chance. Bro. Was it all, was it on cadence? <laughs> no, oh, not not to begin with. Not the you first know, one. like not the yeah. first one. So, he, I but just, then you got him in the right situation. Yeah, and he I just was, I brought him. Nice. I brought him nice. to a performance, and I was like, "Yo, here's here's a couple things that I that I noticed. Like, here, spit this back to me." And then when he spit it, I'm like, "Now do it in this cadence and keep that cadence. This mm. is what rhythm is. This is what tone. This is what delivery is." Mm. And after an hour and a half, he was starting to pick it up, and he comes back like three or four months later, and the kid's a phenom. Like. He, yeah. he looks up to this cat token, you know, from the East Coast. Oh, and that cat yeah, yeah. can spit, and he spits like him yeah. with that fierceness and that the cutting of the of the cadences. And I'm like, yo, you've grown. Yeah. 
you know, and it was just, yeah, you know, the thing that cool. I love to see is when those young kids, like when people are getting at it young, because I really feel like it's taken me a while to refine my craft because, you know, I just wasn't dedicated when I was a kid, when I was a kid. And when I say a kid, I'm talking 23, 24, 25. Like when I was a kid, I just didn't, I, you just don't see the things that are most important. That just sounds cliche, but, but did it, you have the opportunity in front of you? Yes. The Dude. opportunity was there. I had technology. I had friends around me. It was just a, it was just a, a lack of a, yeah. it, was, it was privilege. Oh yeah. That's what it was. It was privilege. It was oh, privilege, yeah. man. Like I feel like when your back's against the wall, you'll go. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? And when you, you know, comfort does not breed, you know, like people that excel, like, you know, yeah. or, or, or There's uh, a quote that's growth. comfort, comfort and comfort and, uh, and success cannot coexist. Yeah. You know, you have to be, you have to be either be uncomfortable, not by choice, or you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and know yeah. with your brain that that's the thing that's going to push you forward. Yeah. And that's there's what I'm learning is tough. Many, there's been many youth that have come through, you know, we've, we've really, we've been mentored through a lot of, a lot of youth and a lot of young artists that are adults too. And there's only been a few that have hung around. It's been that, you know, it's all the talent, all the, um, the vibes, like you've got it, you've got it, man. We can help you find it, you know? And they're just not ready. It's not there yet. Not there yet. So shout out to Noah and Moses, my two nephews that live with me. Like Moses showed up at that residency and was like, hey, boss, like I'm still going to high school. I don't know. I want to rap or something, you know, and bam, he got on a song right there on the residency. Just offered opportunity right there. And then he, and then, and then he did a video in September and on the video says, I'm going to drop an album by my birthday, November 27th. Boom. November 27th came. He dropped a freaking album. Wow. So I was like, okay. You earned your shot. I want to come to this residency. Yeah. Like some, something that we've never experienced. You're 18. You're a senior in high school. You're here at a residency with us, you know, cause you, cause you put in Bro, work. Those are I, the type of people that, that do huge things. Yeah. And, and you said, well, how did you get here? Well, I was doing artist in residency when I was 18 years old. It's like that Atlanta cousin. mindset, you know, it's like if you're at the top of the game and, and, and you're going to stiffen the people that are below you and then they rise to the occasion, like you don't get to be a part of their growth story. Yeah. Whereas Atlanta, they're like, I want to be like, I want this cat and this cat to feature because when they blow up, I want to be on their stuff. You know, I want to yeah. say I'm a part of their growth and the part of their success. Well, it's crazy how it slingshots Keep- too. Like you're, you know, you see artists that was so rough and you know, I wouldn't mind jumping into a little hip hop, uh, but you see artists like older artists, you know, all the older artists that we used to listen to, the Jada Kisses and the Fabulous and you know, like, hey, you know, uh, who am I thinking? I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Snowman was Jeezy. Like all these, all these guys, right? And then it's like they're swinging in young cats. Yeah. And it's it's crazy because I never would have thought like these guys would be Tupac and Outlaws. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I think, and I think that these guys weren't like as. I never would have thought that these guys wouldn't be as relevant as I, as I thought. Now, when you're thinking of the Jada Kisses and the Jeezys, like you got the old heads that are like, yeah, but then like the kids are like, who's that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn. You know what I'm saying? And it's almost Disconnect. like those older rappers are really relying on those younger rappers that they were given Stay a relevant. leg up to kind of slingshot them back into rele- uh, relevancy too. Yeah. And that shout, you know, another shout out to my nephew. No, it's crazy. Like he'll bring in, he's another one of those success stories. Uh, picked up a beat machine February, two years ago when we moved into the place that we were in. Right. Mm-hmm. Hadn't, Wanted to produce. He'd been doing a, a band, you know, in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Amazing jazz saxophonist. Wow. And uh, and he picked up Machine at first because that's what I was working with, Machine Studio. Mm-hmm. 
and um, didn't like it. And then dude came through and showed him FL Studio, you know, and he picked it up and whatnot. And now he's, you know, two years in, didn't know how to make a beat and is making beats and records for all of our collective. Like all of us are like, yo, like, you know, you're amazing, right? Like you're tight, right? Like we're pumping him up. And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty cool. And like, no, like you're official. Like he's probably the, the one out of everyone that we've worked with that I go, this kid's a prodigy. Like I, I don't put that around lightly. And he's got the passion. Passion, skill, like that genius mindset. Like Darby's got, Darby will solder his own instruments. It's, it's wild, man. He'll, really? He'll take, he takes a, a Dora the Explorer tape deck player, pink with the door, picture of Dora, everything this tall from a, from a yard sale for like two bucks. Rewired the side of it so it'll stick into your audio interface. He'll put a real cassette tape in there. So that when it plays, it brings in real tape saturation, real tape saturation from Adora. The wow, <laughs> like, that's a real that's a oh, real producer right there. Yeah, took like the old phones and then rewired it in so it sticks in your interface. When you speak into it, it you sound like you're on a freaking telephone, like from the nineties. Because he's saying he's just saying to hell with plugins and and uh, all this fake yeah. shit. I want to recreate this. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to be more authentic. Yeah. That's his, beautiful, Yeah, his bro. lo-fi is off the hook. That's beautiful. So look up DJ Spicy Ketchup. Yo, man. DJ Spicy Ketchup, man. He he did a, a really cool one with T.S. And he did a, a really yeah. cool one with, with Matisse, actually. He did yep. a real hot one yep. with Matisse on, that, on yep. that little album that he put out. Yep. I wish I could remember the album off the top of my head, but I can't, but. Songs you can dance to. Songs you can dance to. That's <laughs> right. I'm all over that album that's, too. Bro. You are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The COVID song, man. See, the COVID. J- that's me. James, and him, I feel man. like you're you're like undercover. Like people I don't, don't I, even know. People don't know. Yeah, people don't know. You know, and that's that's another reason why I wanted to bring you on because visibility, man. It's just it, it's it's so wild to me how underrated producers are. Yeah. And just the the people that are behind the scenes in the music yeah. that don't get the credit that the rapper gets or the, you know, you know, like Dr. Dre gets credit for being a producer, oh, yeah. but most producers don't get that credit. There's a few yeah. producers. And I feel like when somebody makes a beat and produces the record, that's more than 50%. Yeah. Like I'm, the entire I'm, I'm not very good at beat making. I'm really not. But I, I've got a producer mindset, you know, so it's like I can hear I don't know. To me, it's just intuitive. Like, okay, you need a melody here, and this is the melody that would rock. You need boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Like a P. Diddy that can come in and be like, yo, hit this rhythm, hit this cadence. Oh, yeah, keep that. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, rewrite this. Yo, let this. me get in the yo, back. Hey. Yeah, do some. Yeah, I'll do that. Hoo-ya. You know, like <laughs> we got these, uh, uh, you know, and as well as, and, and, I can, and I can guide instruments as well and be like, hey, here's, and I don't know how to read music. I don't know how to do any of that. Do you play any uh, instruments? I was a, I was a drummer. I was a hardcore drummer. Like, really, in marching bands and jazz band and all of that from fifth grade all the way up through like tenth grade, <clears throat> and then uh, wow, yeah. And then I think that's where I get you know a lot of the cadences from from my style is is through drumming. So did you listen to a lot of hip hop when you were a kid? Um, not too much. No, I was rock. You know, I was country family. You know, I come straight from the middle of the res. Yeah, horse racing, country people like. Guns and Roses, like that, mm. was, that was my first love, you know. Yeah. But early on, I was I was really infatuated with Bone Thugs. Like Busy Bone is still like whew, that guy, man. That's, mm-hmm. He was that had that first one that spoke to me. You know, I was like, damn, that the way he sung and it's funny. I was rhythms just and putting my younger friend onto 
onto Bone Thugs and some of the older ones. We used to skip school, man, and just and just sit in the car and smoke. And it was just Bone Thugs, bro. It was just yep. like nobody could oh, chop Scarface, like that like, and, and hit those cadences and melodies man. like they did, man. Um, who who do you think has really influenced you the most as far as artists are concerned? Um, just artists in general doesn't have to be hip hop. Yeah. I think the biggest influences for me growing up was like my mom and them. Like they, everybody can play piano and guitar and sing. Like they put their own album out called Seasters, right? Where they, like a couple of my younger, younger cousins like can hit soprano. And then my, my, my mom and like all her sisters and stuff, a lot of them hit that alto and some can hit that tenor, you know? So oh, they, would, they would put these, you know, they'd go into the studio and they'd cut these like con- the country gospel families albums. Put out an album? Yeah, I mean, just like, you know, just albums together, you know? You know it's like, just, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. just put out bodies <laughs> of work. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a great name. Nice. That was like, yeah, Seasters. Yeah, I like that. A, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> that's killing it. Bro, because my, my family know? hasn't put out any records. My uncle Ed would get me down in the basement. He He'd have me just belting out the top of my the top of my lungs like uh, uh, America, oh beautiful, and like all the, you know these, and he'd just be teaching me how to play piano. Those got to be great memories. You know, man. Oh, big time! You know, I'd, she was you know my mom was the first one that she'd play guitar and she'd have me on stage in front of hundreds of people singing like you know songs about Jesus and and all really as a kid like eight nine years old you know and I I I didn't even think about that when I first got into music like it would come back up and I'd be like damn. That's where my foundation is, like way back then. You didn't even realize that that's a no. part of performing arts. Performing arts, yeah, it, like it's it a never, part of you now. Yeah, it's a part. Like I never, I've never been afraid of crowds or being in front of people or anything like that. It's, you know, it's where I gain some of my power. You know, yeah, like I can hold I hold the presence well there. Where not everybody. So when you to. get up there, you know, do you feel any nerves beforehand? Oh yeah, Before, but oh, it's yeah. when you get up there, it goes away. Yeah, once I'm up, I, I mean, even first couple minutes sometimes, you know, there yeah. was this, like, I was, I remember speaking in Yakima, and it was at the state conference for co-occurring disorders. Mm-hmm. There's only five speakers there, like, <laughs> all doctors and me, you know, and I'm like, that was nerve-wracking. I'm speaking to a, a, a room of 500 of mental health professionals. Like, I'm not just speaking to a... You're like, am I qualified to be here? I didn't feel like I didn't, you know? I felt like, what am I even doing here? There's four doctors, and I'm speaking to doctors and 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 Like, I'm educating y'all? Like, what the Like, masters, and like, you know... Did you break through them? Some of them, yeah. I did, you know? And then then afterwards, they let me hold a... a, 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 um, They call them breakout sessions, but I, you know, I broke down the room, decolonized the whole room. I said, no, we're not sitting with me up front. We're all going to sit in a big-ass circle. We're going to talk about some real stuff that's going on in your communities, you know, and like abuse came up, racism came up. It was 180 people came to my talking circle, like one of the biggest talking circles. Wow. And it was just like, so I did oh, break you through. bring people together, bro. And then it was wild to hear these adults like of different races speak about each other to your face with respect. It was God, like, it was intense. It was intense. Whoa, that's so afterwards, one of the, one of the people that were there, they were like, you're probably the, I've never seen that before. And like adults be able to have a conversation like that without freaking out, you know? And I was this like, I never, purpose, I never man. did either. <laughs> so, so did you, amazing. have you, did you, have you done that before? Like, is that, I mean, I've held sessions to, to help like 
create that circle. And, yeah, big and, time. Like, cause and, and, and then, and that's the first announcement is I don't care if you're a doctor here. I don't care if you're a police officer. I don't care if you're six years old, like you have an equal voice here. Everybody's opinion matters. Rank and class don't have a thing here. That's why you're all sitting in a circle. We're all equals. We're going to break down that, this power struggle that everybody's in, you know, especially, you know, when you get into these professional, uh, these rooms where you're in front of just professionals, it's not, just a community room anymore. You're dealing with people that mm-hmm. went to school for 12 years to get their degree. And they, that's how you started it too. You started it off. Just listen, I'm going to break it down. Yeah. It's everything. People. You got it. You got to send that message. Be strong with intent from the beginning to let you know, like the ones that are timid, let you know your voice matters here. The ones that are coming here with ego to break you down. There's two, there's, there's, there's you know, I'm speaking to all field. of you. Let's, yeah. let's level, yeah. let's bring you ones up. Let's break you down mm. all God, in the that. same statement, you know? Paul, let's let's go. Let's we need. We're losing this battle. So these people losing our people really need you. You know, you're you're very needed in the sense of needing somebody to come here and just you know, because whether you're the person that has the ego or whether you're the person that's kind of timid and wants to speak up but doesn't feel like you, you your voice matters because the people that with the egos next to you are gonna you drown, know, you, drown out. you out. Yeah, I feel like that's a hu- that's a huge thing, and, and people need that mediator. They need that yeah. person to come in and, and just take control. And, and, and that's that's why I call it decolonizing. You know what I'm saying? Because this is just a way of of how we held community from time immemorial before colonization, like in our meetings and stuff, like everyone had a voice. And if a two year old was up jibber jabbering and they was it was their turn and they lasted for a half hour. Well, guess what? We're going to listen for a half hour. Mm-hmm. We're going to respect people's time and we're going to respect their voice so that they know in their heart when they walk out of their room like i matter i exist and i'm here and 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 i'm worthy you know like too many people don't believe that at all i think listening is a big big thing that uh, and i think it's a big thing that people lack. lost art yeah people don't one reason why i do this podcast because i love to listen i want to hear the story i want to understand right and there's a lot of just waiting to talk in, in yeah. life, right? Big waiting time. to respond. Yeah. You know, there's also listening to respond, listening know? to respond. You're, you know, you're talking to somebody, then they're, they're kind of, you know, Oh man. Oh yeah. Uh, or, you know, have you ever <laughs> been talking to somebody and telling them something you're really passionate about? And then they just literally like, yo, did you see this meme, bro? And <laughs> My nephews just, all the time. I'm, I'm sorry, like, you guys, I threw you out. But I'm yeah. just like, man, bro, like I'm, I'm being real with you right now and you're in your lap, you know, or, or you ever say something that you thought was funny and then someone laughs and then they're like, you see this meme? And I was like, I thought the you were laughing at what the fuck I was saying, bro. The worst. Dude, I'm telling you, bro, like frustrating that not feeling of inclusion killer. Yeah. When you just do that small act of making people feel included, people melt. We, you know, oh, I, I love it. I, you just want to feel a part of something that's all people want and in high school in those younger ages i feel like that's the hardest thing mm-hmm. you just want to feel a part of something mm-hmm. special and yeah. when you can take your nephew that's 18 years old and bring him to an artist in residency and give him purpose that fucking pumps him up yeah he's like what's up remember that for the rest of his life i got these 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 dudes think I'm dope and like, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I know I'm kind of doing something, but these motherfuckers (laughs) are like convinced that I'm dope. Like that does something for you, man, to project you 
you know, having, having positive role models that are, that are older than you mm -hmm. and mentors and people that you mm -hmm. look up to that can guide you and just mm -hmm. people that you respect and parents, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, eh, yeah, mom, yeah, dad, I know. Yeah, yeah. But when, you know, yeah, when it's somebody real. that's not too much older than you, maybe yeah. seven, eight, nine years older yeah. than you, and they're, you know, you look up to them, you think they're cool and they're, yeah. they're being real with you. Like, don't be a dumbass. Like, this is what you got. You got to go to school. You got to, you got to graduate. Come on. Yeah. Like, you know, graduate, get your, get your degree and then go do whatever you want, you yeah. know, whatever. Like, then you have your degree and then you can, you know, yep. go be an artist. And if that doesn't work out, you got your degree. Yeah. You know, that was the deal I made with my nephew. I go, I'll teach you and I'll give you all the opportunity you want. You can learn, you can grasp. I'll give you everything. You just finish your audio engineering degree. That's it. That's, this is the exchange. Like, at least just that. If you don't want to do that at all, do whatever you want, bro. But you're going to grow in the process. And, mm -hmm. and, and now he's taking and then, it And then you can't and take that from him. At all. Like, when he has that, when you get that degree, like, you did that. It, mm -hmm. it means something. You did that, buddy. Regardless yeah. if you can't take that, oh, well, you know, you get a degree and you can't find a job, you can't do this or that. It means something. Oh, big time. You know, it, it just given the opportunity and it, and it goes even smaller scale from the, whatever we're offering, whether it's a verse on a residency or whatever, like TS and I really talk about all the time. That's what we started new age warriors and did that empower our future movement was both of us. Yes. Having some opportunity, but not, not at this level. Yeah. It's like, okay, how do we offer freely without any, Oh, you got to make it up to this certain level before I'm going to give you a shot, homie. You got to show me that you're about it before I'll give you an effort. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, no, let's give him, at least get him in the studio. Let's get him on a verse. Let's, let's make sure that we offer opportunity, be the big bro, be the mentor that, that I didn't have. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was given opportunity. I had to wait till I was 18 though, you know, and I was trying to navigate all this Anything pain can, and trauma. So the earlier you can start, yeah. you know, if Tony Hawk's kids are busting kickflips at fucking seven years old you know that they're gonna be skating when they're when they're 19 <laughs> so get them in there young like that's just yeah. like you know yeah it, it just start like when you think about it too like people a lot of people like to to be like oh well you know it, you know he was meant for this oh born for this oh naturally gifted those are things that always come up but the, it's like michael jordan wasn't naturally gifted at basketball mm -hmm. like michael jordan just hit jump shot after jump he just did more jump shots than it. he just did he just practiced harder than anybody and that's why he's michael jordan that's why mm -hmm. he's not just a professional basketball player that you know you mm -hmm. kind of forgot their name yeah. that's why he's michael jordan Take that mindset because you. he just like any you know when you have that mentality then you know oh that's it so i could just do that then i could just work really hard and just be better than everybody else and just shine in my craft yeah, yeah my <laughs> because God. then because when you take away the how was born with it, he was born with it then it's obtainable for everybody and anybody can do it and mm -hmm. anybody can sing anybody can go get voice lessons anybody mm -hmm. can learn the guitar anybody can learn the piano nobody was born just playing the piano you had to learn how to play the piano you had yeah. to learn and Get out there and learn it. There's just so much opportunity to float through life and to not learn anything. You look at other countries, they've learned three, four, five languages. We're just like, uh, English, I don't know. Like, you know, we're I don't just, even know if I want to learn that. You know, <laughs> right? And over there, it's just like, wow, really? Yeah, I know all these. You know, it's just second nature for them to be 
challenged to be learning, to get those degrees, to all those things are building blocks for yourself. It's not about impressing your parents. It's not about, you know, all these other things that when you're a kid, you think, oh, my parents are trying to make me do this. They're trying to make you do it because it's a building block that's going to make you a better person because you don't see the mentality that you're going to be in when you're 31 years old, Mm -hmm. when you're 28. And you've been drinking every night. And you're kind of just like, I'm going down a weird path. Yeah, I'm kind of glad my mom had that work ethic. She never pushed anything on me, right? And I was in that mode in my whole 20s, probably 18 to, to damn near 30, right? Like, I didn't care. I just wanted to make money easy so I didn't have to work. Because I knew the work I, that I was qualified for at that time, which was like dishwashing job. Like, all I has, you know, high school diploma. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have no, I don't got no college degrees or anything like mm-hmm. that. So it was like. I limited myself from growing and it was just like, I'm just okay with where I'm at then. Yeah. You know, cause this is what I can get. Yes. You know, it led to some BS that hit me up my head, but <clears throat> my mom had that work ethic her whole life. So once I finally found my purpose, like that shit is instilled in me, you know? So boom, you just like, had to find the purpose. Real, I, That's I, what you got to tell these kids, yeah. man, is they need to just find that purpose. What's that thing that fulfills you? And it's yeah. a it's a journey. Lights that fire. Because you're not mm-hmm. gonna be seventeen and just be like, Oh, I know my purpose. Yep. Like you ever ask somebody like a kid, like what do you want to be when you grow the up? The only advice like, in that is that let's say you find something, right? Mm-hmm. Don't let that limit you. Like I started like, okay, I'm gonna be a public speaker. I only got yeah. one arm and that's what I'm gonna do. That's my life. I'm gonna be the next Les Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, so I go and I start doing that. I'm like, yo, maybe I can start adding in some poetry or some music or something. I start dabbling into that, and now I'm getting fellowships and I'm doing these grants and all this stuff. So don't don't be afraid to let it transform you at all, at all. And then COVID hits, right? So thank God, I got gods, visionaries around. Like TS is to me is a god. He's a visionary. You know, mm-hmm. Bobby the same. We hit each other like we speak, like we, you know, often. Every and these day. are the people that you're surrounding yourself with, big time, big time. We're having daily conversations about spirituality, about growth, about where where our mentals at, you know. And we hit like, yo, we ain't gonna have the same access to a community. What are we gonna do? Like the world's shutting down. This is February last year, April. Yeah, and uh, we're not gonna have you know uh, probably the same access to to our video guys or anything. What are we gonna do? Like, screw it, man. Let's let's get into making our own. Mm-hmm. So got a phone and a phone gimbal and just started making little things. Like right? it doesn't and then, stop. Yeah. And then bam, started getting bookings from that. And then went and did like 13 performing artists, like uh, uh short documentaries in like three months. You know what I'm saying? Like 10 minute documentaries, like actual films. Yeah. Right. With my homegirl, Roxanne Best. And bam, got the a seven three, went and shot the whole film stuff for, for our residency. So all that's going to be a documentary as well. It's like, don't let like one one lane think that oh that's my only purpose right because now it's like oh I'm I'm a great speaker that's my purpose oh I'm an artist too that's my purpose oh no there's not film one producer purpose. oh my purpose yeah and now it's like me I feel like my purpose is to hold space um, create this like level of authenticity right from the bat you know like let's let's be our realest selves I have a gift in that yeah and then I'm a storyteller that's it I cannot say all day oh I'm a performing artist I'm a I'm a film producer, I'm this, I'm that. I'm just a storyteller in any way that shapes But see, you've form. taken these these specific things that you've always put yourself in that box, and now you've become, yeah. there's a bigger purpose. Yeah, bigger. Like, I put myself in that box. Yeah, don't 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 box yourself in. I think that you, you surround yourself with good people, right? And people that 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 you look up to. People yeah. that are doing things that inspire Younger you. Younger than me, and I look up to them. And, and it's like, you know? a lot of people 
put put themselves around people that they're just most comfortable with. Oh, my cousin, you know, he's crazy. Or that I can be the one to flex. Or you you get to be the, you get to be the best one. Be the top dog. Yeah. Yeah. So you always put yourself around people that are weaker than you. Power, power struggle. That's see, that's a bad one. That's good. That is a really bad one because then you, you start the false realities yep. where you, you know, you're thinking you're the damn president and then, of the United and States. Then QAnon something. comes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bro. But then some of, you know, and that's why I wanted to ask you this. Do you think that there's a, cause this is kind of a tricky question. Like, do you think that bullying helps people? No, not at all. Like, not at all. like going through the trying to break someone's spirit. Never. Well, I mean, just like, mm-hmm. I guess more like people encountering those just the bad parts of life early because when you're grown, it seems like anything could happen. Right. And like you get fuel from it later. Well, like somebody could just fucking punch you in the head when you're pumping gas, like as an adult, like, like I, I, when I'm, when I'm working at work, I'm just thinking at any time when someone's reaching in their bag or something, I don't know what's, what could happen. Like anything could happen. Right. (laughs) Real talk. And so I'm just like, like, I don't think like, obviously don't condone, condone bullying, but I'm just wondering if, if it, if it like encountering that type of struggle and that type of mean person and nastiness of the world can help in the long run with expectations help. in life. Oh, definitely. I think it can help raise awareness for what's out there and, like and this, how like to maneuver. This exists. Yeah. Okay. This exists out there. This is how, cause each of us maneuver differently. You yeah. know, some of us got that fight flight response, you know, we're all going to be, you know, everything's going to be different. Mine was so always like, flight. I was like, peace. I was, yeah. I don't know. I was different depending on how much alcohol I had in me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly flight. Yeah. But I think it's, I think the awareness is is good because we, we can't get around it. This is the way the world is in some ways. So the awareness is key. Um, but like the experience of it happening to you it can be tra- um, traumatic, completely traumatic to change your whole existence. But then it's like also if you never experienced bullying and then experienced it at 25 and you don't know how to deal with it, that yeah. could be traumatic. Wreck your whole right? Because then oh, yeah. it's, then you're supposed you to off. be, you're, you know, you're, man, you're, you know, you're grown and this is happening to you Mm -hmm. can make you feel even more weak. I'm sure. So it's just, you know, I don't know. Bullies are out there. Like they're, they're out there. They're on the internet. They're in real life and they're never going to go away. And drugs are never going to go away. And prostitution is never going to go away. And none of these things are ever going to go away. And people are never going to stop doing them. And that's why I'm a big uh, proponent of just taking things head on. And education, like parents should educate their kids on what drugs are and what bullying is. Oh, yeah. And and you know what I mean? What sexual abuse is. Well, all these things. Like, you should be aware and not be afraid. Parents are afraid to communicate with their kids. Yeah. And that's uh, uh, tough, I'm sure. It's wild, bro. It's it's hard thing to say that we need to make them aware so young, right? But I remember going, going to a community and I go, what? what's the youngest we should start talking about these kind of things? Mm-hmm. And they go, well, we had one kid come to school in fifth grade, test a positive for methamphetamines. I went, oh, well, let's start with fourth grade then. You know, That's where we kind of came, came up with this, like, okay, we need to educate at fourth grade. And as we hear, if we hear of any younger, 
we're going to go a grade lower. See, it's crazy because people know, would like, think like, oh, well, you know, if that happened at that age, then we just got to not talk about it at all. Where yeah. it's like, no, and we need to dig in. And obviously, that's the pattern of our communities. You know, that's the pattern of our communities. There's people that um, will get abused and their own dads or uncles will be like, no, you can't. Don't say that out loud because now people are going to look at you differently or look yeah. at me differently or, you know, it's manipulation and control. It's not love. That's fucked up. Yeah. And it, that's so true. Um, and how many people, you know, friends do you have or something that, you know, started way like I started smoking weed when I was like 16. And, you know, there's a lot of people. Oh, I was smoking when I was 10. And it's just like, wow. I was given alcohol my first time by my babysitter and blacked out when I was 11. Wow. Yeah. Later in life, she committed suicide. I went out on the porch later that night, and her boyfriend gave me a hit of weed and a pop can pipe. This I didn't same know. Night. Same night, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. Put it up to my face, and I took a hit, and it burnt my chest. So I blew it all back into the can and blew the weed everywhere. Slapped me in the face, or slapped me in the back of the head, not the face. Sorry, slapped me in the back head. Was like, man, you waste all my weed, boy. I was like, what? That's weed. Like, bro, he wait. died with his wife in a drunk driving accident. You know, Jesus. Both of them passed on that same night. Same night. Uh, same. No, and I'm just saying this. She gave me alcohol. I blacked out. He gave me weed that same night that they did. Now they're both gone. You know. Wow. You know, it's just the how quick it can happen, man. We just yeah. got to really be. You know, that's why you know vigilant in well, well, and alcohol, finding self and in these things like that, like. They all affect people different, and people the mental approach to them are all different. Mm-hmm. Um, well, think of alcohol's introduction into the European world, and even Asia. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, right? You can go back, and there's reports of people drinking and having a good time back to Babylon, and all these different, you know, mm-hmm. these different countries have different histories, and but alcohol was present. Mm-hmm was introduced to Native Americans just like 300 years ago. So my theory is that we're allergic to it. You know, other people have had multiple generations to, to come to terms with alcoholism in their blood. Mm-hmm. And we haven't. It was, we didn't know what alcohol was. Well, who would, uh, who, would us. who would think? Like, who would think that there would, that it would be like that, that there could be alcoholism in your blood? Like, mm-hmm. nobody would assume that. Nobody would think that. They would just yeah. think, oh, if you drink, this is what happens. And, you know. That's mm-hmm. it. Because, I, you know, I've never blacked out in my life. And people always talking about blacking out, right? Oh, or, man. you know, when I was a younger and shit. And people, oh, I blacked out. And, you know, I just woke up. And I was, like, stuff you were saying. I was yeah. doing this. I drove. I didn't even know how I got there. I yeah. just woke up home. Like, that's uh, so scary to me, you know, that that, that that could, that, that could you could just be I that. I used to take pride in it. I would go to the my homeboys the next morning. And we'd be smoking or whatever and be like, yo. What happened last night, you know, and just laugh at the stories of what, oh, man, you did this crazy shit. Because you got like, it. Yeah, I can't believe I did that. No, I didn't. You hadn't seen the how bad it could get. Yeah. You were just like, oh, and we I got just away. Just to educate people got on lucky. blacking out. There's alcohol poisoning. There's death. There's alcohol poisoning. There's blacking out. And then there's being drunk. Like, your body is shutting down. Your brain and your body are shutting down so that you don't die. You're close to death when you're blacking out. Bro, alcohol is is definitely a like, wow. It's 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 mean, bro. Alcohol oh, is yeah. mean. Like I feel like we've all been there to where it's like, had me for a decade, or even just or a, even just a night. Stop this. Yeah. Stop, you know, oh, it, yeah. it's just 
is definitely like a fine line for me. I like a couple of drinks, feel a little bit cool, um, but it's never been my main thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And because of that, because it's scary, it really is a scary thing, you know, and people are, you know, do crazy stuff. And that story you were telling about uh, robbing that convenience store and, oh. and watching yourself on the footage. Yeah. And you're like, I don't remember any of this happening at all. Like my lawyer was That's like, insane. my homeboy was there with me. <laughs> Hitman, you'll laugh at this. Uh, he was there with me, you know, like when we went to see the lawyer the first time. And she's like, what? You don't remember any of this? And I was like, nah. And she was laughing at me. She's like, what? And I was just like, damn, I was humbled. You know what I'm saying? In that moment, my own lawyer was just like. <laughs> well, it's fucked up because you, you, you know, like you're saying to the cops, uh, you're like, well, what did I do? And it's just like, don't lie to me. Yeah. And you're like, no, what did I do? Like I, I, dude, it's like, you're going to jail. Like sobering experience, dude, that's gotta be an insane experience that just, how, how did I, why, how did, what? How do you tell your community and your family? And especially you're saying, you know, this, this guy, like I respected this dude that I went to the store. about to sell him a cell phone, bro. Really? I would (laughs) like, I would never do this guy wrong at all. You're just a different person. Good dude. Yeah. I'm a beast when. Just an animal. Just don't like disconnect from who you are, I guess is the advice to, to a lot of people. Like alcohol. I was doing, I was, I was doing it to, 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 to block a trauma. I wasn't drinking just to enjoy my, cause I couldn't, man. I was, I was numbing what had, you know, I'd never, at that point, I'd never told anybody about the abuse. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who did it. I was in prison at 30 years old when I finally told a counselor, I finally got help in there. From the, from the rehabilitation of drug abuse program, RDAP. I called my mom that same night. I was like, hey, here's, you know, I just want you to know. You know, this is this is who did it. This is what happened. And finally, at 30, she's like, hey, I want to tell you a little bit of our family history. And I've been waiting for this day. And let's have a conversation. You know, And that's when and it talked. was an open book right there. Yeah. And you were and able to I understand. I realized the power and vulnerability. When you have a supportive support system that you can have the freedom to be vulnerable and allow yourself to let go of whatever is ailing you. You know, if you that's be careful about your support system because they can flip and use that shit against you, mm-hmm. especially in high school. You know, mm-hmm. that's, we educate them every time. If you're going to talk, make sure this, you got to build the support system. Maybe start with a counselor or yeah. a school counselor or a teacher you trust or something. If you don't feel like your friends can hold that in because mm-hmm. young, yeah, young people, you know, it's not, they're not thinking about it in the same realm as an adult. At all. They're going to, they're going to tell somebody and, you know, and it's going to spread around and it, that causes more trauma. Yeah. Sometimes death, you know? Well, it's crazy, man, because we don't think about the, we don't think about the stuff. You know, I'm one of those guys is guilty of just, I kind of live in a bliss of just like, you know, I want to keep it positive and happy and I want to mm-hmm. empower the people around me to be happy and positive and to not forget about the problems, but to, to kind of live in the, the gratefulness and mm-hmm. the, the thankfulness that we have to just be yeah. here. You know, I feel like that is yeah. such a blessing to just have the opportunity. Imagine the people that you know that aren't, aren't here anymore. And like, you're here. And I live in that now too. I live in that gratitude and stuff. It was, I think it was our first show at Lake Roosevelt. We did that show and I had the same mindset still. I'm going to give my message. It's hard, but it's hope and it's resilience. And we're going to live with this, you know, humility and, and, and gratitude in life. Right. And then bam, like Lou, me, TS are getting flooded with IGs and like messages like, yo, like what happened to you happened to me, or this is happening to me right now in my own house. 
or my mom and dad are beating each other or my dad's beating me or all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. from, the, from the very students we just got done speaking to. And at that moment, we were like, okay, like the veil's off. And this is no longer a show. This isn't entertainment anymore. This is a responsibility. We got lives at our hands. And if they're gonna, if we're gonna open that book, then we got to be there. Like maybe not like, oh, we're gonna be at your every beck and call, but we're gonna be there as a support system to let you know you're as not a alone. mentor, as, a, as guidance. Yeah. yeah, that was a that yeah. was a so that was a awakening moment right there. We're like, okay, wow. this is bigger than us. This is bigger Jeez, than man. than a show. This is bigger than music. Like, if we're gonna go about this, let's create a business structure. And let's do this responsibly with intention. You know, that's what I think we did. that a lot of these people that you look up to, you know, they they look up to you, man. Like you yeah. are such a leader in the in the in your intent and what you want to do and what wh where you're going, you know. Yeah. And I feel like you know we're all we all have value, right? Yeah. Regardless of age or or what craft you're in, big time and. We got to be vulnerable with each other and allow people to speak, to to dig out those gems. Mm -hmm. right? and sometimes the greatest part of a leader is allowing others to lead. You know, stepping out of that and being like, "Yo, you've got worth. Let me follow you in this section." And when I feel like I can step in and do a little bit or something, then I will. Mm -hmm. But let me check my ego first and be like, "Yo, let me let me learn." Mm -hmm. This shit is a continuous marathon. This ain't no sprint. That's I it. might know more no, today. That's how you really grow. Is that statement right there? Is, is being able to step aside. Got to. That's how you really grow. That's what I learned at the residency too. I'm like, yo, like we were doing this DCM collective thing, and you guys like you jumped in every car I've asked you to jump in, but I want to start jumping in yours. Let's change the way that we're doing things because this is not sustainable mm -hmm. for me or you. You're just jumping in because you love me, and I'm tired. We yeah. got to do this together. I'm yeah. gonna step back, and I want to let you guys lead in certain like aspects. Let's let's do this together. Let's figure out what this new model looks like in 2021, and let's let's figure out what this group is. What what is our meaning? What's our vision? It's no longer mine anymore. I'm I'm tired of it being that. that's like that's why I like the word empower, empower yeah. because you're empowering the the people in your circle too, and the people that you're working with to you know, you're empowering them. It's not like you're just leading, they're following you. Like you said, you're putting them in the follow in, in the yeah. driver's seat. You're empowering them. Let me follow you. I don't know everything you do. you have your own superpowers? I'm trying yeah. to, I'm trying to soak up some game from you game from me. I'm 20. What do you mean? You're 37. What do you mean? You got a completely mm -hmm. different perspective. I could learn so much from so you. So much. That is, that is the most humble, mature stuff I've ever heard. Yeah, it was cool. John Crown coined this phrase, and he lets he lets us use it now when we're in front of the youth. But he goes, man, the biggest statement that you guys make and what you're doing is you're not here to tell anybody that they're great. You're just here to remind them of their own greatness. You know, that's all it is, is that empower is not, I'm not here to power you up or you powered me up. I'm here to wake up that empowerment in yourself. That's a self-identity it's not me giving it to you. It's already there. It's already there. We're just waking things up. That it's are just, just that. Waiting you're watching to be that damn Michael Jordan video, bro. And nice. you're just like, you're getting awakened while you're yeah. in there. And you're just yeah. like, oh. Totally inspired. But it's oh. a real person right in front of you. So it's and like, it's a real, yeah. I mean, if Michael yeah. Jordan was right in front of you hitting jumpers and oh. talking, you'd be like. <laughs> I remember when Gary Payton came to Lake Rose to our res. It's, Rez was on fire. He did? Heck yeah. He came and did a, a clinic and everything, man. It was cool. It was Gary Payton on he had the Rez. gloves on them. I'm saying. Damn. Yeah. 
Oh man, that's that's amazing. GP twos, man. Yeah, Dude, man, I just want to. I want to glowing ones. I want to reiterate something on here because it was just it was one of the most powerful moments of this episode for me was when I asked you uh, who was your biggest influence musically, and you said your family, your mother, and mm. and her sisters, and uh, like we're native, you know. So that's amazing to me. Um, man. A lot of the music. Um, We've got a lot of funerals that happen from young to old. Like our our death rates are are, are significantly higher than other than other than other nationalities. And you'll like being someone that sings at funerals and stuff like that. That's a calling, you know. And she'll sing it dozens of funerals, you know, every year. Wow. So it's like it's always been there, you know, from life, breathing life, and then you know, sending people and off just, on their journey. Just the, the right response, way. man. The response when I ask somebody that question for you to give me that answer just shows you the just the maturity and the way that you look inside yourself. And um, just so happy to have you here, dude. Thanks, man. Um, so you're going to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep, I got a one year business fellowship, so I'll be there to um, learn some new business models. They got some startup incubators there you know like they've got a space called 36 degrees north it's just like terrain so i get a year membership there along with um you know some some money to be able to help me pay my bills uh, so that way when uh, they're rolling out and music's coming back you'll be on the forefront of that yes that's that's pretty cool man and it's it's the things that you've done that have opened up the doors to get you where you're going yeah it's it's that uh starting to come into that realization of being like um Sometimes I'm almost too humble. And I, I don't pat myself on the back enough, you know. Yeah. And the residency helped me, like the guys just speaking about what we've done over the last two or three years. It's like, wow, there's been monumental growth, you know, that um, I don't allow myself sometimes to feel and be gracious of. Because why do you we, you're, you're on this side and then you go here to the extreme where you don't give yourself credit. Because you were down here, yeah. Where self-defeating pride, self-defeating, and then and then you're up here, and you you just can't. It, it, it's that weird man, balance, man, of of especially when you got low self worth or low mi- self value. That mind heart, yeah. like the mind heart, like you're following your heart, mm-hmm. your gut, but you have to use your brain, mm-hmm. and you have to balance the motions that you're having with what you know is right, what you know is smart, but you can't be too smart. You can't outsmart your heart at all. You know what I'm saying? Cause if you do that, then you just find yourself in a position you don't want to be in. And then if you go too much heart, not enough brain, then you find yourself behind mm-hmm. or overworked, you know, or overworked or over, overextended. Mm-hmm. That's what I have a trouble doing. You know, and I've noticed that a lot. I overextend. I over, overdo things as a as a way to to make up for either lost time or for the hurt that i caused the world you know wow. so i gotta find to always constantly every day telling myself like i'm enough i've i've done enough even to this point today i've done enough do you feel like you're running out of time uh no not at all i feel like i'm just getting started Good. like nobody even knows who james pakotas is yet and i've already traveled all over the all over the states waiting to go all over the world but just in a couple years, just oh, I've been in every pocket now, and I've only performed once. I've only dropped four songs. So, in the amount of you time know, like, that you, you know, that you were a 
abusing substances, doing all the all these things, right? That you look back on, you're like, what the hell? And then the amount of time that you have progressed in your craft, it's crazy. Yeah, it's two totally different stories. Like when you see the 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 amount of growth and the, how quick it's happened, and then you kind of use that number to see where you can be in five years. Dude, that's got to be exciting. Oh, big time, <laughs> big time. Especially you know now that we're going into film, you know it's like a whole new world of possibilities that we wow. know nothing about. You know, thank God. Shout out Ben Alex Dupree, like Hollywood film director that's in our he's in our corner. My mentor, business partner. This might started. be the first Happy to Be Here podcast that has like credits of just people that like like legit like credits like that we're like okay go Google this guy, Google this guy. Because we him. you drop some name, you dropped at least four names. I'm just like okay, who's that? Okay. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Google, I gotta, yeah. I gotta look that up. Yeah. The, the, the Who's names that, that, that I did, we just won, we just won LA skins fest, which a lot of people don't know about, but it's a, it's a film festival for natives, but it's, but it's run by industry professionals, you know? So like NBC and like Netflix and HBO and all these different partners are the ones that do it. And the, 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 the people that selected our film, like on the judging panel was a producer of the Simpsons. You know wow. what I'm saying? So like, he doesn't know who I am, but now he's heard our work, you know, we scored this animated piece and now we've got a, a film award, you know? So it's like industries, wow. lanes, limits, like we, they don't exist if you don't believe that they do. Like they don't, you don't have to live by anybody else's expectations. Oh, I'm a hip hop artist. Let me just stick to that. Like the, the albums are like the, or not the albums, but the songs I dropped mm -hmm. hip hop, R and B. And then, and then, and then like a, 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 a uh, a dubstep folk remix with an artist, you know, and then, and then went to by design, which was this melodic lo-fi hip hop, you know? So Damn. it's like, I don't want to, I'm, I'm a multifaceted human being, you know, and don't every one of us box, are, bro. every one of us are like, yeah, this art has depth. That's what I'm learning. This all has real deep. Bro, you've inspired the shit out of me. Just sitting here <laughs> with you right now. Just, just the, the, it, this is the Jordan video. Because I'm going to leave this podcast wanting to be a better person. Oh, beautiful. And I think that the people listening to this podcast will probably feel motivated too, man. And Well, you know, like every time that, that I step and I see you and we have our conversations, even if it's just like, like five minutes, I walk away knowing like in my heart that, that I'm right where I'm supposed to be, you know, and you, and you bring that out of me, you know what I'm saying? Like you instill that same inspiration. Like I see like the four bars you and Matisse be kicking like for constant, like for how long now? Like yeah. that stuff is inspiring because it's, it's that act of doing, you know, it's like, yeah. we're going to learn along the way yep. and we're going to get better and we're going to sharpen. You know, It's, it's funny because shout out to TS. He was the one that uh, actually reached out to us and said, why don't you guys, I, I can't remember how he worded it, but it was a while ago and he was just like, why don't you guys just, do four bars every day or something like Man. that. And he did it with us. And, you know, that's oh. why he's such a leader, too, because he's the one that, that that told me and Mike to do it. He's like, you guys should do this just every day, just every day. I No, he said, I challenge you. Ooh. That's what he said. He oh, said, I remember that. He said, I challenge you to write four bars, to, to record four bars every day. Yeah. Um, and that's where we came up with four bars daily. And then, you know, TS did it with us. And then that, that turned into more bars Monday to super bar Sunday. Yeah, you to, just pulled that out. That's yeah. right. That's <laughs> right. That. That's, that's right. crazy. And that's inspiring and though, it's man. It's, it's evolved. It's letting us know that you can just do it right there. You don't have to have the million dollar studio. You can have a phone and, and, and acapella 
and just spit some bars if you want or put a well, beat on. Well, you're showing me that I don't have to just do that too. Like yeah. we, we don't put ourselves, you know, we don't need to put ourselves in a box. That's just one thing you're good at. Define your own success. Dude, you have the power to today. Thank you for coming on, man. This is this is amazing. Both for having me. Let me know. Uh, so let the people know about uh, the collective and uh, a little bit about about okay. exactly what you guys do. So and where to, where yeah. they can find you. I know you guys have Instagram and all that. Yeah. So you can you can find us anywhere at DCM Collective. Um, you can find me anywhere. Just me personally at at I am dot just James. Uh, the, the James has a Z instead of an S. So I am dot just James with a Z, um, everywhere on, on Spotify. We're everywhere. Um, the collective isn't yet. It's just something that we're, that we're first starting. And, uh, what is this DCM DCM dream What's chasers music, dream collective. chasers music. And yeah, you guys so are on Instagram, right? Yeah. We're on IG, we're on Facebook, um, on YouTube. Um, just now starting to drop content and whatnot. Uh, we, we formed it when I moved out here to Spokane because I, you know, I'd want this grant and I used that money that they gave me to start a studio, you know, this home studio and got all this stuff. And I'm like, it needs a name. It needs something, you know? So DCM collective is what we started. And, uh, and it's not stopping. You're going down to Tulsa and uh, you're just going to continue it. We're going to grow. It's actually TS and I had a talk with the guys and we're like, okay, well, DCM is still an idea. It's not a business formation. Why don't we just use that under new age warriors and uh that be one of the one of the things that we can bring to community so we got empower our future speaking concert series we got raise the bar which is a series that ts does to teach people how to be better at audio engineers and how to mix and craft their sound now we got dcm collective that can go do film that can do music that can do any type of production so dcm found a home in new age with me and ts and beautiful man and uh, we can be more happy i'm happy for you guys thanks. man thanks for coming here dude and uh Everybody go check out James and uh, just just dig in. There's a lot. There's a lot mm. that you guys have done. Um, yeah. And you, you can still go in and check out the like the concert series and stuff like that that oh, you yeah. guys have done and all that content's yeah. up on YouTube. Go to jamespacotis.com, two O's in the and we I'm sure it'll be on your on your different uh, I'll be commenting on happy to be here's podcast stuff and if you guys need any links, man, hit me up. Yeah, we'll put we'll put the stuff in the in the credits and, and cool. you know make it easy for people to find you. Cool. Appreciate you dog. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Sweet bro for you. All right. Well, we're gonna get out of here, everybody. James Pacotis. Take care. And uh we're happy to be here. But we out. Peace. you guys heard a heard a arm one no who's that she's an old friend from way back trying to be a rapper for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years really you know all respect to and that's great to the og you know that's cool this podcast was brought to you by speak spokane a community-driven podcasting studio space where people from all walks of life can speak and be heard. Follow along with us on Instagram at SpeakSpokane and visit SpeakPodcasting.com to learn more about starting your podcasting journey today.